ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to OCA's Asia Town Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Yin Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. Bossy Bossy. <laughs> and that, my friends, was just Johnny Woo. Mm. We call him the ghost host. And the reason we call him the ghost host is that um, he's working in his studio and oftentimes he's producing other shows and he needs to float around and we won't really know that he's missing till we ask him a question and then all you hear is crickets. And sometimes he randomly comes back as of a ghost stepping out of a wall and says something witty. Yes. Such as now. Say something witty. Hi. That's not very witty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, you put me on the spot, so I don't yes. know what to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. So um, tonight... The sky is blue. The sky is blue, but that's not very witty. That's a fact. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe we can work on your stand-up comedy. Okay. All right. So DJ Alexicon is not going to be able to join us. He's working late tonight. And I would like to introduce Junko and Asafu, and they're going to introduce their friends. And today's topic... Um, we're, they're, uh, I'm sorry, they work with Asian Services in Action. Today's topic is on human trafficking, and we're trying to build awareness uh, over this issue. So Junko and Asafu, welcome to the show. Um, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Hi, um, I'm good as well. And earlier, um, your friends introduced themselves, but I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't find a pen, so I didn't write down their names. Could they uh, introduce themselves again? Okay. Hi, hello, my name is Marianne. Hi, my name is Win Mandamo. Hello, my name is Ian. Hi, my name is Rohanmar. Now, thank you and welcome to the show. Um, I guess we'll get started. Now, Junko, can you explain to us um, what human trafficking is exactly and why this is such a big issue? Okay, so... Um, human trafficking is um, modern-day slavery involving the illegal trade of people for exploitation or commercial gain. And traffickers use force, fraud, or coercion to lure their victims and force them into labor or commercial sex. And human trafficking is considered as a hidden crime. The reason for this is that Victims are usually afraid to come forward and get help, and they um, may be forced through threats of violence, mm -hmm. and they may fear retribution from traffickers, including danger to their families. And um, human trafficking is so malicious because traffickers look for people who are susceptible for a variety of reasons including psychological or emotional vulnerability, economic hardship, lack of social safety net, natural disasters, or political instability. And traffickers could be anyone, including your boyfriends, girlfriends, family members, friends, neighbors, acquaintances, and the community leaders. So this is so like complex issues. So why do you think that there hasn't been such a focus on this? Um, I mean, you did mention that it's the, the traffickers target people who are less likely to come forward. But why do you think that, you know, since there are people coming forward, that the government or even society hasn't really focused on this as much as they should? Um, I think uh, one of the reasons for this is Human traffic victims could be any gender, race, age, or nationality, regardless of their socioeconomic status. And uh, also, the important thing is that human trafficking exists in every county or like uh, every sorry, country, including the United States. And uh, Ohio, the state of Ohio is not the exception. And... Uh, um, we have like several examples or cases actually happened in the state of Ohio. 
and actually that that would bring me to the next uh, point that you have uh, so human trafficking has been happening around Cleveland can you tell us like maybe nothing specific but can you give us some examples of how this has, has been happening around Cleveland and that it's not in the news most days um, we have like some stories and uh, do, do yeah. yeah actually do you mind if I build off that Mm -hmm. um, yeah, recently one I know that occurred was in a Brook Park, Brook Park Travelodge. A man was arrested for operating a trafficking ring out of a hotel room. So because often these traffickers don't want to create a paper trail, so they'll set up temporarily somewhere, such as hotel rooms, especially if they're doing sex work. And um, I also know there was a man in Cuyahoga County, I believe in the Garfield Heights area, who was arrested for um, sexual trafficking and victimizing people in that sort of way. Oh, wow. No, I, you know, I guess it's partially my fault. I don't watch TV on the news. I mostly read it either on Google News or I, I do get a lot of my news from Facebook or I just go to current events. Now, is this something that has been on the, the public news, like the evening news? Uh, what I do know is more recently there has been um, movements in Ohio to get legislation on this to create consistent laws about mm -hmm. human trafficking, things like... Um, I know until recently it was actually possible to punish child trafficking victims for prostituting them, for supposedly prostituting themselves, even though obviously they were being oh, exploited. But right. that law has recently been amended, which is obviously something that needed to happen. And uh, what there's bills, there's a bill in Congress right now. I think uh, Claire McCaskill is sponsoring it from New York, where. Um, people who operate sites like Backpage, where they have ads for human trafficking, even if it doesn't appear to be illegal activity, where those kind of people will be prosecuted more strongly. Wow. Um, so if, do you have any numbers, like figures, like uh, a percentage of um, busts that's been happening? Um, in Ohio last mm -hmm. year, the National Human Trafficking Resource Center um, which is the largest collector of statistics, said there were 289 cases of human trafficking reported in Ohio, which is actually fourth in the nation. We're only behind Texas, California, and Florida. So, yeah, actually, that's something that's really underreported, just how large it is in Ohio. And that's out of 5,000-some cases nationwide. So we actually do make up a fairly significant amount of the cases of human trafficking that happen. In really? That, Wow. I would have never have guessed that. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about us geographically. I mean, is there a reason that we would be fourth? Because I mean, we're not close to any borders, not even Canada. There's a lake separating us. Um, it's it's probably most likely because there's not a lot of uh, people can hide around here like crazy. They can hide. Yeah. So really? like Lorraine County um, uh, city. I'm sorry, Lorraine City. Uh, there's a lot of Hispanic and a lot of undocumented people there too. So I'm not sure whether that has something related to the sense of um, uh, the human traffickers will be settling home-based or uh, uh, a base there to be able to use that as a way to go in and out. Who knows? And also government reports said um, actually there are several reasons why Ohio is kind of targeted by traffickers. For example, like uh, Ohio has several large cities like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Toronto, something like that. And also there are many uh, major highways. Mm. And there are, mm. uh, as Johnny said, like many like immigrant populations here. So these conditions are uh, contributing to the incidence of human trafficking in file. So um, I did mention earlier that you're with Asian Services in Action, and mm -hmm. I forgot to ask, can you tell us specifically how, or what Asian Services in Action does and how specifically your work is very important to that organization? Um, okay, so Asia, uh, Asian Services in Action is providing support for uh, refugees and immigrants from Asian countries. And we have uh, seven departments, and seven de each seven department providing various kinds of services. For example, um, I'm in Children Youth Family Department, and we provide after-school program, 
mental health and alcohol support group and case work for domestic violence and sexual assault, and as well as human trafficking. And uh, um, some Asian population are not like speaking English so well, and uh, also that kind of language barrier, as well as cultural barrier, um, made them um, access to appropriate support. So we kind of bridge the gap between their needs and um, available social services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, there's also the youth ambassadors. Can you tell us what their roles are particularly? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so when Asafu brought us in on this, and um, AACS <clears throat> has kind of been heading this up, Asian American Community Services, Yes, and the way we've kind of seen our role and so it's sort of evolved is that we want to present this information to our peers because we believe that a really effective tactic is something called bystander intervention, which we can tell you a little bit more about in a minute. And basically, we want to create the widest possible amount of people who know about this issue because if people can recognize it happening in their own communities, that's how we can really make a significant dent in human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, can you tell us more about the bystander intervention and how, as an individual, people can pre prevent abduction, like, uh, for themselves? Well, bystander is, like, um, a person that... <laughs> Sorry for that. Well, bystander, there's, like, three main things as that a bystander can do. It means like a person who notices a situation that could go badly or is faced with the choice of whether they should do it or not. Mm -hmm. But there's um, three cate categories of bystanders. One is direct, which means you directly interverse or communicate with that person that has, that's in like the situation of being... And you mean like possibly. it being in danger? Yeah, possibly trafficking. And the second one is distract, which is like taking negative energy out of from a bad situation. Yeah, so um, this is Asafu, and I just wanted to clarify that I am not with Asian Services in Action, and I am with Asian American Community Services in um, Columbus. And we are working with um, Asia and the, uh, and the Youth Ambassadors in Asia uh, for um, for the youth ambassadors program, so I was just I'm sorry I was just typing that and oh. I thought that would be a less intrusive way, but apparently it was a more intrusive way of letting you know. That's so all right. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. And Asafu, could you also add um, uh, youth ambassadors like very fundamental information? Yeah, sure. So, um, so my agency, AACS in Columbus, Asia in Cleveland and Akron, and uh, the Asian, Amer uh, Asian Community Alliance, ACA, down in Cincinnati, um, we are uh, part of the Ohio Sexual Assault or Ohio API Sexual Assault Coalition. Um, we hold uh, teleconferences every month and kind of exchange information on the work we are doing in the API community regarding sexual assault um, and uh, kind of learn from each other and um, identify uh, areas that maybe we can work together on, uh, etc. And one of the things that came out of um, this uh, coalition um, was this uh, uh, opportunity uh, to engage in the youth ambassador program. So um, AACS, my agency, we applied for uh, a small grant or uh, a short period, six month grant uh, with the Ohio Children's Trust Fund uh, to do uh, outreach, uh, prevention awareness uh, outreach on human trafficking among API youth. 
And what came out of it was, um, and thankfully we got the grant and we, um, we established these um, youth ambassador programs in the two offices in Asia, um, at our office in Columbus and down in ACA. Um, and each, each program has about five to nine, depending on the size of the program, five to 10, uh, depending on uh, the size of the program, uh, youth from high school and college uh, age. Uh, some API, or many API, but not all API uh, students who are um, interested in engaging with our communities uh, just to, uh, and we're, they plan outreach events to raise awareness uh, among the API youth in our communities um, about human trafficking and how to identify um, human trafficking uh, victims, uh, what human trafficking is to, ed to educate their peers and the community. So I read an article um, a couple weeks ago, actually, and it was written by a young lady who was, I can't remember if she was taking Uber or a taxi. I want to say it was a taxi. And she, it was somewhere near New York City, and she was on the way home, and she realized the driver was going a little bit out of the way. So then she asked him to stop, and he didn't say, oh, no, I know there's traffic up ahead. I'm just taking a faster route. But as they were going like through a toll booth, he slowed down enough that she actually rolled out of the car because she recognized that the situation was going very bad. And um, apparently, a toll worker came out, and you know, uh, she was the pol the pol sorry the toll worker was a bystander intervened, um, and the driver threatened to call the police and everything. But as it turned out, it was very possible that she was about to be abducted, and. I guess my next question is, if you find yourself or if you know anybody who finds himself in that situation, what advice would you give them to prevent it being taken or human trafficked? Well, um, one thing we recommend at our events and we have on all our sheets is uh, two phone numbers, one for this area and one nationally. Um, nationally, the hotline, a, we biggest human trafficking hotline is the National Human Trafficking Resource Center's hotline. Its number is 1-888-373-7888. Or you can actually text them now if you text B3, B3 which is just 233-733. Or in the Cleveland area, there's this one I believe is run by the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center. It's the Sex Trafficking Advocacy and Recovery Hotline or Cleveland Star and that number is 855-431-7827. Could you repeat those numbers a little bit slower in case anybody, uh, they should, everybody should be jotting this down, but anyway, could you repeat them slower? Oh, sure, sure. Um, the, nat the, the number for the National Human Trafficking Resource Center's hotline is one. 888-373-7888 or you can text them at 233-733 and in the Cleveland area the Sex Trafficking Advocacy and Recovering Hotline or STAR is 855-431-7827 what? Wonderful. So I guess since we were talking about the uh, youth ambassadors, um, how could somebody go about collaborating with them? Hello. Hi. Yeah. So could you could you say the question again? Sorry. Sure. Um, since we were just talking about the uh, youth ambassadors, if somebody wishes to collaborate with them, how would they go about that? I know Asifu mentioned it, but could you repeat it uh, again? Oh, uh, well, so right now we um, at least, um, so every program has uh, a lead agency um, in, so our, the three agencies in the different cities are kind of acting as uh, leads. Um, for to uh, host the youth ambassador program so that they have a platform we can provide them with the resources and um, they have they have uh, kind of a place to go and um, to 
say that they are part of um, our respective agencies and our program at programming at our respective agencies. Um, so at this point, uh, at least our youth ambassadors are. Um, I we're kind of acting as liaisons. Um, if the youth ambassadors have kind of an idea of what they want to do and if they want to collaborate with um, another agency or group, they will either um, you know reach out to those agencies or groups themselves, or they will um, come to us to see if we have any connections that we can leverage. But um, we've at, we actually haven't had a case where um, people have been reaching out to us. Um, I think we can, um, each agency has a, a person who is running the program um, so reaching out to uh, the staff running the program probably would be the best way um, to reach out. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. Johnny Wu, the ghost host, ooh, he's going to play some music for you. And when we come back, we're going to do a short events corner. And then we'll get back and we'll discuss with um, Junko um, Asafu, the youth ambassadors, on uh, two more topics at least, such as if anyone knew a person who's suffering with human trafficking, how can you help them? And also what kind of events related to human trafficking and youth ambassadors are coming in the future. So stay tuned and we will be right back.
मानी के रेले देखे हसीनों के मेले देखे दिल पे Gentlemen, and we are returning with OCA's Asia Town Voice, an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans' community, culture, education, and events in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Yen Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. On air with me is Johnny Woo, the ghost host. So, Mr. Ghost Host, do you want to tell us a little bit about this event next Tuesday, the International Hall of Fame Dinner? Oh, you put me on the spot again. Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, It's a very... you were nominated a few times for this event. Apparently, every year I get nominated. Every year they had to turn me down because I'm because too, you're young. too young. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. Probably maybe when I turn like eight years old or before yeah. I die, then that's what I'm gonna get in. I think I think 65 is when you're allowed to officially be nominated. Oh, I did not know that, so I hadn't. Well, well. Oh, I assume a few years ago. <laughs> yes. Um. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about this event. So ClevelandPeople.com. They had been. Um, uh, very well re- respected and well-known media outsources uh, resource uh, for for the Cleveland Diversity Group, and mm-hmm. they started doing this a uh, International Hall of Fame uh, maybe what four years ago, mm-hmm. and to to help recognize the see the people who has been contributing a lot for the Cleveland Diversity Group uh, for cu- decades. culture, decades mm-hmm. yes, so um, that's they, why they're usually seniors. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I'm not there yet. <laughs> she, so um, they got having one this coming Tuesday at Marriott Hotel downtown, I believe, um, 26 April 26, and they're recognizing at least ten, um, what do you call this, a class of uh, 2016. Yes. Re- Two, ten, I'm sorry, ten. Ten, ten uh, awardees. Awardees, yeah, that way to put it. Um, so it's a great event to recognize them and also have a good time to eat delicious food and mingle with everybody else. 
And I believe the Cleveland Asian Festival uh, will have a table sponsored there to yes. be there and to be uh, represented. I also believe there's a few tickets left. So if you go to clevelandpeople.com, you might be able to grab a ticket. Exactly. Yes. So the next one event we have, of course, is the Cleveland Asian Festival coming May 21st to May 22nd. So this year we decided to go with a more contemporary route and we're celebrating Korean hip-hop with a K-pop cover dance competition. Now, we've already had all final submissions and right now the Cleveland Asian Festival Executive Committee is reviewing decisions and pretty soon they're going to have a final say on the final, I'm sorry, the semi-finalists. And then from the semi-finalists, there's going to be online poll on, on Facebook for any Facebook user to vote. And then from those, they're going to select the finalists to compete live on May 21st. So if you are too late for the contest, don't worry. If you love K-pop, come on May 22nd. There's going to be a K-pop random play. And what that is, is uh, one of the committee members took her time and she spliced out the most fun choreographed dance parts of popular K-pop songs and put them into this playlist. So it's pretty much a K-pop dance party. And if you don't know the moves, don't worry. We'll be teaching them throughout both days. Party party. <laughs> and then two more events to um, list. They're later in the day. The first one I have is August 28th. It is Cleveland One World Day. It is a centennial celebration of the gardens being in Cleveland. And. Well, it's the end of the kick, uh, centennial celebration. Sorry. The end of this. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. It, the beginning of the centennial celebration began last year and it is the end. They've been celebrating with little events in the gardens this entire year. So this year, on August 28th, is the Cleveland One World Day. There'll be free parking, there'll be shuttles, there'll be lolly the trolley, there'll be performances and food. It'll be a blast. Come celebrate the international community of Cleveland. And last but not least, as we're on the international uh, aspect of it, do not forget about the Berea Oktoberfest. Uh, it'll happen at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds from September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And there's always an international pavilion there, and they have dancers and musicians and performers from all across the globe, as many as they can get. So don't forget, I'm going to read these backwards for the upcoming events. September 2nd through 4th is the Cleveland Ber Cleveland Oktoberfest at the at Berea in the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> on August 28th is Cleveland One World Day in the Cleveland Cultural Gardens. On May 21st and 22nd, you have the Cleveland Asian Festival. And on April 26th is the International Hall of Fame Dinner celebrating um, citizens of Cleveland of the international community who have contributed for decades. Did I miss anything, Johnny? I don't think so. What about uh, our Madame President from OCA, Lisa? Do we did we miss anything? Uh no. Well, there's an <laughs> OCA National Convention in New Jersey this year. Ooh, are we going? This is okay. So I think Lisa's new host name is going to be DJ Ghost Host because she <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Um, yeah, we can talk about OC's national convention at, on our next episode. But right now, I want to turn the attention back to Junko Asafu and their youth ambassadors. So, um, Junko Asafu, uh, I, there were two more questions that we wanted mm -hmm. to address that Junko yes. sent to me. Mm -hmm. And the first of these is, if some people who are suffering, I'm sorry, if I know some people who are suffering with human trafficking, how can I help them? Yes. Well, uh, what we'd like to emphasize is you really shouldn't get directly involved in these situations. So, uh, so getting directly intervening, if they're not in immediate danger and you're not there is probably going to be dangerous for you. And that's not going to have an effective end result. So what we'd like to emphasize is earlier we talked about the hotline services, which um, we should you should recommend to have somebody who's being affected call. Um, would you like us to read those numbers to you again? Yes, please. Um, we have the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline, um, which is 1-888-373-7884. Or you can text um, be free, two three three seven three three, and we also have the Cleveland Star, um, which is the sex trafficking advocacy and the recovery hotline, which is eight five five four three one seven eight two seven. Okay, and earlier you mentioned the definition of human trafficking is. Um, 
taking somebody and putting them in sort of a modern-day enslavement scenario. Now, when most people think of the term trafficking, they think of moving a person from one location to the next. Is it possible to have somebody be a victim of human trafficking but not have them move from one location to the next? Uh, yeah, so if you look at the, if you kind of look at that definition, really, movement some movement often does occur. Often these victims are shuffled across state, county, and even international lines. But really, the fundamental idea is that the act taken is recruiting somebody for purposes of labor, and it's done by um, exploitative means, like forcing them, coercing them, threatening their family, and your purpose is something that's kind of that's ultimately exploitative, such as sex work, or forcing them to do labor at a absurdly low wage, or not allowing them to have any kind of freedom. Um, so, do you do a lot of work with uh, domestic violence sort of um, assistance groups? I, I guess what, sorry, I guess what I, I was trying to ask is, how would this be different from domestic violence or any other kind of violence besides the fact that in all cases of, or not, I'm sorry, in some cases of human trafficking, you might not be related to the victim or the perpetrator? Well, from our, the point of view of most organizations that work on this real point where we enter difference between domestic violence is because there's a commercial exploitation element to this kind of activity. Okay. This is being done for purposes of monetary gain. And generally, it's not, it's not just, it's not like domestic violence in that usually domestic violence is a crime that tends to be oriented around a single victim. Human trafficking can include dozens, hundreds, or even thousands. It actually, recently, the, um, some journalists I know at uh, the Associated Press won a Pulitzer Prize for their investigative journalism and uncovering the fact that in the Philippines, thousands of fishermen were enslaved on shrimping boats. So oh. yeah, part of it is, it's mostly kind of purpose and scale. I see. So um, in the future, what kind of events related to human trafficking prevention is the Youth Ambassadors Program preparing to have? Um, actually, so far we had two um, events. One is a um, presentation led by Youth Ambassadors, and it was in the Lakewood. They explained um, the fundamental human trafficking and also bystander intervention. And also we had an e movie event at Case Western Reserve University on April 23rd, and we watched the movie that name is Nefarious. And we are going to have an event, and as you said earlier, we are going to have a booth at um, a, uh, Asian Festival on May. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we still think about uh, thinking about other like events in future. But in Cleveland, in Akron area, there are eleven youth ambassadors. So we are going to uh, collaborate with each other to. Um, they disseminate information about human trafficking in our community. And how about in Columbus area, Asafu? Uh, as for, um, so we just had uh, our youth ambassadors, there are, we have nine um, students. They just uh, completed their first uh, outreach event on the OSU campus. Uh, we, it had a social media component. Uh, they um, they set out a booth in uh, uh, what is known as the Oval, which is like the uh, kind of an area of grass where a lot of students walk by during the day. And this event was on April 20th and we had beautiful weather down here. Um, so the uh, kids were giving out, our youth ambassadors were uh, giving out uh, small baked goods uh, and some soda uh, to passers-by who would stop and um, listen to uh, and learn about uh, what is human trafficking, um, 
what can we do for prevention? Uh, what are the hotline numbers that they can call? Um, and uh, and after that, if they wanted to, they would um, they would take a picture with a cardboard cutout frame with uh, hashtags <laughs> that we had to raise um, human trafficking awareness, uh, and they would post them on social media. And we have some uh, great photos on our account um, on Instagram, Twitter, and on our Facebook page of some of the youth ambassadors and some of the other the participants who came by um from uh during that event and we were able to give out uh over 300 flyers to uh in three hours so what are your goals in the future for human trafficking prevention do you have any numbers that you're um you're trying to reach or uh i i guess just any kind of goals do you have any kind of goals i mean obviously you do but can you share them with us <laughs> so um the primary goal of this Youth Ambassador Program was to raise awareness um, and reach, uh, well, let's say raise awareness um, about human trafficking and human trafficking prevention in the Asian Pacific Islander community in, um, in Ohio. And we were able to do this, or we are um, working on this in um, in the four cities that um, we've mentioned: Columbus, Cleveland, Akron, and Cincinnati. And our goal is to, in terms of numbers, is to reach uh, 500 people in each city, so 2,000 people, um, primarily focusing on API youth and the API community. And I think we're um, we're well on our way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I know I'm not based in your area. But no problem. Just... Um, I guess uh, I had a question that just slipped my mind. Johnny, Lisa, do you have any questions? While I try to remember my question, I lost. No, um, I would just walk away. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my question now, so you're saved. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. question is, do you have statistics like, for example, um, is there a demographic that's more targeted for human trafficking? Um, and is there a reason? I mean, I, um, obviously, your, your roots are to help the AAPI community. But if somebody from a different uh, demographic would come to you for help, I'm sure you would assist them too, right? Cer certainly. Um, in terms of targeted subgroups, um, LGBT youth are especially affected by are affected by this because often they're more likely to become homeless because of discrimination against them in their communities. Um, homeless youth, especially more than any other single group, have it have it quite difficult because um, one New York agency found that 14.9 percent of them have experienced trafficking, which is so wow. so much of a background rate with hundreds of times. No, not it's not an exaggeration. That's hundreds of times higher. And um, the Asian and Pacific Islander community really is definitely affected by this in partially in their own countries because often you'll have people emigrate and then they'll undergo exploitative labor practices in the domestic industry, or there's the issue of them appear of people appearing in, say, marriage catalogs, and then you have these very uneven power imbalanced marriages that arise between these women from these communities and people and men in the West, and that can be a strong driver of abuse. Um, generally people on the margins of society are those who are most affected by this. Okay. So I have no more questions. Um, is there anything else that you would like to discuss in relation to this topic? Um, not so much, but if you are interested in use ambassador programs, um, we are very welcome to <laughs> join our like program. So uh, please like check our website or like Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So do you do uh, besides you know showing movies for other people? Um, do you get together and come up with brainstorms for new ways that I mean as youth ambassadors, or are the programs decided by um, I, I guess the directors? Are the leaders? 
Well, um, we use ambassador has like um, each group and each county, and then we had a meetup like every weeks, mm-hmm. and then we talk about and then we brainstorm about what we're gonna do for next events and how to reach out some more people to get involved in it and get help from them. Now, do you have any local events that are coming up that you would like to announce? Um, Not um, at the present time, we don't have anything nailed down, but we are looking at a student-oriented event in late May that will be for high school students. So um, as we distribute information about that, we might have an announcement to put on your show. Wonderful. And do you have a website? Actually, and we do not have a specific web page for youth ambassadors, but an Asian Services in Action has website. Okay. And uh, um, Adlet is www.asiaohio.org. Wonderful. Um, all right. Johnny, Lisa, do you guys have any more questions? Not my plan. Let's talk about something else, I guess. I guess so. So, um, Tijunko and Asafu, how did you become a part of this program personally? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I was, um, I am the lead for uh, the overall project. Uh, and I also, I not only lead um, the group in Columbus, but I also coordinate among agencies. Um, basically, how I got involved was um, my boss told me, but oh. human, trafficking, <laughs> human trafficking or anti-trafficking has been a personal passion of mine. Um, I got involved um, in anti-trafficking um, as a law student and uh, Long story. Um, I I I was I'm originally from the East Coast, but I somehow ended up in Ohio, and I somehow ended up taking <laughs> um, the job that I am currently in now, um, and uh, working for um, AACS. Um, and I am I was very excited to be able to. Um, give back to um, the API, API community and to work with um, my community really um, and to uh, and to also do a little bit of um, I do a lot of different other things because we are very a very small agency um, but uh, we are putting a lot of focus on human trafficking so um, I'm very glad that I can bring um, my anti-trafficking background um, and all the information I learned as a student, um, the experiences I had um, at an anti-trafficking organization very briefly um, to um, this program to educate more youth and to uh, spread awareness and and uh, and really um, the uh, youth ambassadors in every city um, are they are just amazing. They come up with so many great ideas and going back to your question about um, do the um, youth ambassadors come up with their own ideas or do the directors just give them directions we have certain requirements that we do have to meet under a grant but we we really wanted um, wanted the youth ambassadors to come up with ideas and be creative and be the vehicle to, um, you know, be the ambassadors to get the messages to um, their peers and to their own communities. So, and we're really loving what we're seeing right now and the, all the energy, the enthusiasm, and um, really the maturity um, that all of um, the teams have shown. So um, the next question is for the youth ambassadors. How did you get involved in this program? 
Well, we pretty much didn't know like anything at first until we went to Columbus and when Asafi Asafo <clears throat> explained everything to us, then we started like getting interested in the human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then like hearing a variety of things happening around here, we wanted to participate in helping it um, a ver- better environment. Yeah. And in um, actually now Kitty comes <laughs> Here. Oh. <laughs> Kitty's Hi. another ghost. <laughs> Hi, Kitty. How are you? Hi, good. I, I just got back. Um, we're actually at our after school program right now. Um, so um, if there's anything else I can help answer, um, you know, let me know. Sure. Um, I was just curious uh, individually and personally for each of the youth ambassadors here with us today, how they became involved. Was it something? Um, that they stumbled into and it piqued their interest? Did they have any personal reasons for joining? Um, yeah, just anything like that. You know, actually, it was interesting. Um, this is Kitty again. Um, mm-hmm. That when uh, when we are approached to participate in this program, I, I do currently work with students who are from Southeast Asia, and that's um, an area where uh, trafficking occurs. Um, I, I mean, trafficking occurs everywhere, but particularly, uh, I thought that these individuals, these students who are here, would, um, because it's kind of some close to home, um, there are there's a lot of sex trafficking and labor trafficking that occurs um, in that area that they they would be interested in. So approached them, and they were willing to come out and um, listen more uh, at Asafu's presentation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's kind of how they got involved. Um, and then Ian is one of our uh, volunteers here at Lakewood High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakewood is an area where I think it's great because um, a lot of the students are very progressive in that way where they learn about these issues. Um, um, even in middle school, um, they're learning about human trafficking. They're 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 really um, when we had our first presentation with the other students in Lakewood, those students were already uh, understanding of the issue. So I think that's why people here are more willing to be involved because mm-hmm. um, they have a background and um, yeah, they're I guess they're not afraid to. Um, they're not afraid to teach about these hard subjects in the area. So, Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So we are nearing the top of our hour, and as per our show, we have a tradition. Uh, it's a little more goofy, and I, before we get to that question, I do want to thank everybody for bringing this very important issue to light. We're very happy that you came on the show and shared with us your expertise, your advice, and bring awareness to the population. Um, Johnny, you want to ask the question? <laughs> oh, he's not there. The ghost floated away. Ah. Lisa, would you like to ask the question? Okay, I think the question that you guys normally ask is, what is your favorite food? Asian food. And Asian food. Mm-hmm. Yes. And would you cook it for us? <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to cook it for you. Oh. <laughs> hey, I eat so it. What, that, sure. <laughs> what do you like to eat? Me? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm looking at the students here. I like the noodles. Noodles? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mostly like to eat Thai food because I'm from Thai, Thailand. Um, my favorite food of Thai, it's Tom uh, Yum. Uh, and if you wanted to, if you wanted me to cook, I can cook it for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Spicy soup, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love it. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick something, I'd say uh, Japanese unagi, freshwater eel. I'd probably kill someone over a plate of that, especially <laughs> if you go down to Ginkgo down in Tremont. Oh, God, yeah. so good. I love that place too. But they're kind of expensive though. 
Yeah, that's a once a that's once a year at the most for me. But yeah, it's it's great stuff. And no, I can't cook unagi for you when we catch <laughs> eels up in my family's lake. Those go back in the water. Nice. <laughs> yeah, talking about food, I'm a eater too, and I love food. Like not only one, like all kinds. Like as long as it's from different, like different kinds of food everywhere. As long as it's food, I'll eat it. <laughs> Can you cook all of it for us too? Like everything. <laughs> uh, obviously not. <laughs> you know, we really had to do a cooking party. We should. We should do a cooking party. Johnny, can we do it at your studio? Yes, we can. But you had to are cook you, somewhere. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. We can I do it in my studio. Joking, but this is great. Wait, you don't have a stove there. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You had to you had to cook outside, bring it in. Oh, like a pala. Yeah, I can yeah. probably get like a a, a portable cooker because that's what I did for it's, my party. I have um heating. <laughs> Uh, pot warmers. <laughs> it's but, a uh, strong enough to be the cook at a completely or no? No, that's a cook. It'll keep the food warm though. Okay. And I think I think Asa food hasn't answered yet. And Kitty. Oh, I I was just trying to not be too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you want to hear? You want to hear? <laughs> well, my that's a really hard question, but I'm I'm gonna go with um, Sapor style ramen. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I am not from that region, and I am not a properly trained ramen chef, so I don't think I can cook a really good dish. It's funny you said that because I was just in Philadelphia, where there's a relatively large Japanese population, and I had some amazing ramen, and I had some really good takoyaki, and now I'm craving it so badly. <laughs> I want some more, but I can't. There's nothing. I just not to say anything bad, but. I have not had Mason's Creamery's ramen, and I know they're only seasonal. But the other ramen I've had around Cleveland has all been kind of so-so. So if you know any great ramen places in Cleveland or even Columbus, let me know. <laughs> and Kitty, what about you? What's your favorite Asian food? Oh, uh, actually, it's me and Junko.、Um, my favorite Asian food. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's really hard to、uh, pinpoint. Um, I'm Chinese, so I love Chinese food, but I also love Thai food and Japanese food and Korean food. I mean, I, and Burmese food. I, yeah, don't. Yeah, I. So you must be a great chef. You must be a great chef if you're going to be、no. cooking all that stuff for us, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm a good eater, not a good chef. Our.、Right. Um, but Junko is here. What's your favorite, Junko? Um, I'm Japanese, so I like Japanese food. She could cook. <laughs> yes, we're inviting her. We're inviting her. Oh, so we have a party at your house now, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that 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 ends our interview. Thank you,、uh, ladies and gentlemen, so much more for coming in today, and we hope to see you soon. And、uh, ladies and gentlemen who tuned into our show tonight, thank you so much and have a great night. Bye bye. 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 bye.